Welcome to episode two of the Isles Tailgate Podcast. I'm your host, Tom, alongside Allie. Well, Al, guess what? We finally have the answer to, is it October yet? Yes. Yes, it is. October 3rd, and we are currently watching the Washington Capitals versus Boston Bruins, and hockey is back, baby. Yes, it is. It's already 2 nothing Capitals. They went to work real fast in the uh, defense of yeah. their Stanley Cup. Raising that banner, I guess, gave them that extra push. Yes, it did. Speaking of the Capitals, we can really touch on this real quick. Uh, Tom Wilson's still a dick. Still is and probably always will be, although maybe now that they finally gave him an actual suspension that means something, he can learn how to play hockey the right way. I don't think it's going to change anything, but 20 games, well-deserved. It's about time. 20 games is pretty diesel. It's like half of his salary gone. (laughs) I hope he would learn better now. We'll see, but either way, 20 games, deserved, and uh, moving on. So a lot of news happened uh, this past couple days on the Islanders. Yep, we got the new third jersey finally. After how long of teasing and tweets about what they think it was and it's it was supposed to be orange and all this stuff and it's it wasn't orange but uh Nope, it I think it looks pretty much like the the uh outdoor jerseys. That was the outdoor, right? It's yeah. the uh Stadium Series jersey and the black Brooklyn jersey had a baby. So two meh jerseys make one other meh jersey in my opinion. <laughs> the only saving grace for this jersey, I'm just going to touch on it real quick because it's I mean it's a third jersey, it's whatever. As long as if they're winning in it, I don't care what jersey they're wearing. Yep. But I do like the little Long Island logo on the on the collar. Yeah, I agree. Even though you're not going to see it, but it looks cool. Nice little touch. Yeah, and um, the some other teams for their normal jerseys had that in the collar, and I was always jealous of that yeah, that the I Islanders like, didn't. I know, like Nashville had the like the keyboard or whatever. Right. Was it? it so was a keyboard? Long Island is is really cool, but. Yeah, you're not going to see it. So it doesn't really make a difference and in kinda, the jersey. Yeah, I kind of like I kind of like the um the orange numbers too. It, it looks pretty cool, so whatever. I guess we'll see how it looks on the ice and we'll go from there. But, yeah, uh, probably not going to be spending $300 to buy one, but we'll see. I always say <laughs> that and then I end up doing it anyway, so. Yeah, whatever. Christmas is coming up, so, you know, True. who knows. <laughs> anyway, so here we are. Tomorrow night is the night we've been all waiting for. The Lou and Trot's era is beginning. And the Tavares-less era, who is also playing right now. Toronto versus Montreal. No, three minutes in, and we had to mention him already. I, I'm going to mention him every time because I'm still sad, and it just still bothers me. Well, either way. Tomorrow night, Carolina, here we go. So they released the projected lineup for tomorrow. And to say that there's some head-scratchers... That's an understatement. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, mean, we do have the killer bee line. Not the – one of the bees isn't who I thought it would be, but it is Bailey, Barzel, and Bo on the first line. Who did you think it was going to be? Well, the killer bees usually is in regards to Bellows, Barzel, Bo. When was that coined? That was always like back in the day before any of them even came up. Like, we're going to have the killer bees, Bellows, Barzel, Oh um, yeah, I guess so. I've never really, I don't, I've never heard that before. But yeah, all right, we'll roll with it. <laughs> but I guess they slid Bailey in there instead. Uh, it's a nice line, could do some damage. The top six is really, you know, whatever way you juggle it. Yeah, we said that last still, time. Yeah, they're still going to put up points. It's the bottom six that we are going to have some issues it's with. It's more, you know what? The 
the second line doesn't strike me as great either. I mean, I I'm have been a Nelson hater for the last couple of years, and unless he steps up, that line's going to suck. Not true. I think it will. I mean, Everly and Lee did great last year, but Everly was with Barzil, and they had that chemistry, and Lee was with Tavares. So I, I just – if Nelson doesn't step up, that line's trash. Yeah, but – I just I just don't see them being that bad. They can't like, be. Like everybody, they, they can't be. Otherwise, we are in trouble. Yeah, they can't be, but will they be? Who knows? But. And then our best fourth line is ho- in hockey is now the third line on the Islanders. Probably the worst third line. It went from the f- <laughs> the best fourth line in hockey to the worst third line in hockey. I wouldn't say in worst, two years. but yeah, not definitely not a third line. <laughs> well. Regardless, we're stuck with our fourth line, with a fourth line as our third line, and then a, the fourth line, I just, uh, I... It's a joke. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, yeah, I have nothing to say about that line because it's just, uh, it's, it could just not even be there, and I think that it, we would be better off. Mm, well, they brought in Philpola and Komarov for their pen- penalty killing, so... And I, mean, I guess uh, claps for Fritz for making the team over people like Bellows and Hosang. Fritz, Fritz is probably the best player in the bottom six. I mean, I'm not going to say that because I love Matt Martin, but still. No, <laughs> Fritz is, is probably the best, and he's probably the only one that has some sort of wheels on him. I guess. Sezikis, Sezikis could be a good player. I mean, it just it's up to him, really, but he, he's still... Sezikis can still do something. Well, here. we're paying him and Clutterbuck good player money, so maybe they'll actually be good players. Yeah, we'll see. But uh, I'm not sold on Clutterbuck having a good year, really. I think he's rejuvenated, like with his his friends back together. The only, the only thing is, if you watch any of the preseason games, they were running around like they didn't have possession. They were chasing the play the whole time. Yeah. I guess that was but, their thing, but as a fourth line, that's okay, but not as a third it's, line. It's really not okay, but, I mean, if their job was to go out, bang some bodies, tire out the defense, wear them out, grind, you know, grind them down, that's, a fourth, that's what a fourth line is for. But now that's our third line. And yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, they, they went out there and created energy, but they were still chasing play, which, I mean, it's not great, but if, if it's going to provide some energy – We'll see what happens during the regular season, but I didn't see anything special yet in the preseason. And well, uh, the fourth line, it just—if that's going to be the fourth line, eesh. I keep—I hate having to keep saying like we'll see, but we really aren't going to know anything. Preseason doesn't mean anything really to me. It's not going to matter until what I did, they get onto the ice. What I did notice, game. what I did notice in the preseason was the structure was there. They had some sort of structure. The guys kind of knew what they were doing a little bit. So hopefully the coaching just gets to them and they play the right way because under Doug Waite, there's too much running around and, uh, you know, there was no structure at all. I get that, but coaching can only take you so far. You need to have some kind of talent to be coached. Yeah, but again, this is a possible Hall of Fame coach. Just came off winning the Stanley Cup. Which the Capitals completely disregarded in their in their cup raising video, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I didn't see him in there at all. It was a cool video, but I didn't see him. Bitter in there. much. Yeah. Um, but anyway, let's get to the defense then. Uh, just one real quick thing on the offense. I'm going to dip into the Bridgeport lineup quick, just because I think that well, I hope actually some point in the season, some point 
that we get the possible first line in Bridgeport could come up and potentially be a, a solid third line here in the NHL. It could be Kovash, Bellows, and Hosang, if that's what they do down there. Could be intriguing. See what happens. But you really think they would just transplant a whole line? Not at, Maybe not at once, but if they get going in Bridgeport, I, I don't see how you can keep them down there. You just slot Martin, Sezikis, and Clutterbuck down to the fourth line. And then, you know, injuries are going to happen, so you never know. But th- they could easily be a third line in the NHL and, and produce, I think. Yeah, I, would hope I mean, so. I can see that. I just, I think we spoke about this last time. Where do you do with all those other guys if they, if they're not playing well? Like injuries, I get whatever. Well, you go John, to IR. but if you don't play well, what are they going to do? Just cut people. Well, Kunakel and Johnson are the extra forwards at the moment. So the, uh, Kunakel cleared waivers, I believe. So he, he cleared can, waivers, but Bridgeport has too many old people on their roster. Yes, I know, but he they can easily drop him. It doesn't mean he he can be on the roster. He, they just can only dress five a game so he might not even play in Bridgeport but he cleared waivers so I believe he could go down to Bridgeport now right and I mean no one's going to take him no one wanted him anyway so that would clear up a space for him I believe Johnson can go down as well or if, I think he would have to clear because he signed a one way also one way doesn't matter no no it's just um yeah because Taze is on a one-way deal and he didn't have to clear waivers oh so um speaking well we'll get to Taze but um yeah, so if they if they had to waive Johnson, nobody's going to take him. I mean, him. if they had to waive anyone on that fourth line, nobody is going to take any of those people. No, and and Fritz was already waived and cleared waivers. Yeah. So two guys in the, you know, p- And no one's going to take that Komarov contract. No, no, no. Absolutely not. But Kunakl and Fritz have already cleared waivers, so that's not I mean, that wouldn't be an issue. And I would not worry about the others, honestly. So if they had to make a move because no one someone's not producing, I don't see why they wouldn't. So, uh, I mean, I guess we'll find out in due time. We start up tomorrow night. Yep. So and, um, I, would, yeah. I would probably think that Trotz is going to want to give it a couple weeks to see what they got. And if and if there's problems, then I don't think he's going to – him and Lou are going to sit around and let this happen. They're going to just go for it, hopefully. I hope so, but I am uh... – I've been grown to think badly about the team. Can't think of the word, but because of I just grew up with Garth, I guess. I'm just in my head. Well, I'm yeah. like, nope, it's going to go bad. As long and as nothing's going to be done, and that's it. When you became a fan, it was just all you've known is Garth Snow. So. I know. So it's hard to change my mindset. But I mean, mostly everybody only knows Garth Snow. He's right. been around for God knows how long now. 12 years, what was it? 12 years? Yeah. So um, I'm hoping that they can change my mind, but as of right now, I. I don't have much hope, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Well, back to touching on uh, Taze, which uh, that was the only move, I think, so far that I – I mean, I understand it to an extent, but I was not happy with it. And I was totally wrong about Spiza. They gave him a contract. Yeah, we were wrong about that. Um, <sighs> I get I, – Tom mentioned this to me during the week when I blew up about how they put Taze down – um, while I was away this weekend, and I get it. He was hurt all last season pretty much, Yeah, he and had, he hasn't played a real game since last year. So they're, I guess, trying to ease him in a little bit. Yeah, he hasn't played since before the All-Star game, I believe, down in Bridgeport. So he hasn't played a professional game 
since then. So if the point is to let him get some first, you know, top line minutes, top D pair minutes down there, get some power play time, get his feet wet again, I would not be surprised if he's back up beginning of November, give him a month. I, that's just what I think. And you just slot him in where Spiza is, and I'd be and, fine with that. And Spiza can be the extra man after that. Or they'll just, you know, mm-hmm. or they, they could waive somebody. I, I don't know. They have to, yeah. Because right now the extra defenseman would be Mayfield, mm-hmm. according to uh, was it Andrew Gross. Which, again, how Mayfield let Spiza take his spot, isn't that indicative of, uh, in and of itself? Like, well, how, how old is well, Spisa? Like, how do you lose Spisa's your Spisa's not that old. He's not that old, but he just came off of, well, this is what Trotz and, and Lou want to see is, is the veteran guys who have been there. Like, Spisa was just in the, playing in the Stanley Cup final. Not that he was playing great in the Stanley uh, Cup final, but he was say, playing. Once Stan- again, that sounds very Garth to me. It, yeah, but, well, Garth is still employed by this team. Uh, yeah, I don't think he's making any decisions, though. Mm-mm. He's an advisor or whatever it is to uh, to Lou. Anyway. Anyway, so the defensive there. pair right now are, are Pelik and Polak. Pollock. No, that was uh, – I think they changed them again. But this oh. is when I when I looked at it the other day, that's what they said. It was Pelik and Pollock. Spiza and Letty. Hickey and Boychuk. Yeah, I think today they, they swapped it up. I actually think it was Hickey and Letty and uh, – and Spiza and Boychuk, which would be oh, an geez. absolute nightmare. Yeah, no, we don't want that. That would be an absolute nightmare. <laughs> oh, boy. But regardless, I kind of like the Pelik-Pulak combo. I think that has a little bit of a uh, an upside there. I don't know. I liked Pulak and Hickey, but I that, guess that could Trotz work. didn't That could work, that. too, but Hickey and Boychuk makes a little sense, too. And if you're going to put Spiza with, any, with you know, anyone. It'd be Letty because be he's Letty, got the wheels. Letty could move. And hold, I mean, you can't put Spies in Boychuk. That no. doesn't make any sense to me. I guess they just think Letty would be able to, con- like, offset him. Offset if there was any problems with Spiza, but whatever. I mean, that's your, that's your six guys, and Mayfield's gonna slot in probably and sometimes. What it seems like is that that's the six in front of Grice tomorrow night. Yeah, that's what so I does saw that too. mean Leonard gets the start for the home opener on I would, Saturday? I would assume that Leonard's gonna go. At, at the uh, Barclays Center. I I thought, I mean, I I clearly thought Leonard stole the starting job for, over the preseason. I I'm surprised they're not doing him and him again on Saturday. It was a toss up. They they both played okay. I wouldn't say they they blew the doors off, but Leonard looked pretty good. Looked solid. After in a last games. season with the Halak and Grice thing. One of these goaltenders has to be a clear number one. They, they can't go swapping back and forth again. One of them will be. I think it's just we're going to play Grice, see what he does. Then we're going to play Leonard, see what he does. Whoever played the better game gets the next game. And then if, you know, hopefully builds into something. And That's I what would, they did last year. Yeah, but nobody took off with anything. They both right. sucked. Yep. Halak sucked. Grice sucked even more. I know. And then Halak kind of got it together a little bit, but the defense was atrocious, so it, it, that doesn't help either. But the defense isn't any better this year. It's not on paper. It's basically the same thing, except for the fact that there's new new system, new coaches. You never know. Look what Trot says. You could coach defense. I guess so. You know, the hardest thing to do in the NHL is score goals. Yep. Well, I mean, we didn't have trouble with that last year, but did it not. didn't really help, but we'll see. <laughs> if they didn't score goals last year, we would have probably been, like, 
Oh, yeah. The worst team in the league. Yeah. Hands down. But. All right. So you want to get to maybe quick predictions before we break before the start of the season? Uh, sure. Let's get into some predictions here. Oh, um, just one quick thing that I forgot to mention when we were talking about the lineup is that um, Dave Pagnota did mention about Lee that there have been some start talks about his contract extension, which is good because I don't think he can go this whole year without a contract, especially after what happened with Tavares this year. Um, but nothing on Eberle yet. Um, nothing on Eberle, which I could see him. If the Islanders aren't really in the mix around the deadline, he would be moved. That would be a smart move. Yeah. Um, Lee I mean, Lee is a guy that I could see keeping around for a couple of years, maybe even make him the captain. That would be my yeah. choice. I mean, now that we don't have Tavares, both of them could be signed. They could be, but do they want to? That's what Lou and Trotz and uh, all the new people want to figure out. If right. these guys are worth, you know, hitching your wagons to and going forward. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what happens there. But it's it's good news, I guess, that Andrews Lee has had preliminary talks. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what comes of that yeah, Preliminary soon. talks are better than no talks, which is what we got last year. <laughs> no, we, we just didn't hear of anything right. last year. It was just, oh, yeah, I just want to be here. And we know how that ended. So mm-hmm. anyway. All right. So let's get into predictions. Um, you want to start with? Uh, total points, or you want to do players? No, first? we'll just we'll just go through the list here. Uh, I made a list. Uh, so Vegas has set the total points for the Islanders this year at eighty-two and a half. Um, I went over, but I don't honestly think it will be that much. I have them at eighty-eight points. Oh well, I was close. I have them over as well. I have them at ninety points and missing the playoffs by maybe like five or six points. Agreed. I wrote. Uh, Finish just outside of the playoff. A lot of people are talking about doom and gloom, how they're going to be a bottom team in the league. I don't see that. I think they're going to be a lot better than people are thinking they will be. I just think they're going to be hard to play against because we do have some grinders on the team now. But uh, I don't think they'll be pushovers, but I don't think they're going to be great. There's no way they're going to be pushovers, but – because they're going to be well-coached, they're going to have a system, they're going to have structure, and they're going to keep some pucks out of the net, which will lead to more wins. Right. So and I do have them over – their la- their total last year was total, 80. Yeah. 80 last year. The, the Vegas thinks they're going to be higher than that. And I also do. Th- yeah, we both do. So we'll go with – I'm going to go with 90 there. I think they'll they'll be better than a lot of people think, just not there yet, and we'll see what happens. Maybe, maybe they surprise us. You know, anything can happen really. That's why they play the game. So with 88 points, I have them at 40, 34, and 8. I, I put it at a rough number of 41, 33, and 8. All right, so we're, we were just yeah, one we were, off. <laughs> yeah, without even talking about it before. Yeah. Just, that was kind of funny. All right, so we'll get into some players uh, here. I was going off of the ESPN uh, predict, like projections. I mean, it, yeah, it's ESPN. We know they don't like hockey. Right. And uh, who knows what they if they know what they're talking about, but that's where – the fantasy league that we that we do are is uh, run through. So mm-hmm. I just went off of the, their projections, and I'll uh, we'll start with Barzil. They had um, actually no, I didn't go off of any projections with them. I just went off of what they got last year, and if you think they're going to repeat that, right. or you know, or do worse, right? So last year Barzil had eighty five points, twenty two goals. I have him as under Me on too. 
points at least. Goals, I'm thinking he may stay about the same. Maybe he might feel the need to shoot more. Yeah, maybe so a little bit more, but the points I'm going with probably are around 70 to 75. 70 to 75. I'm yeah. going under on the 85 that he had last year, but not by much. I'm thinking it's going to be close. I, I'm putting him at 82. Still staying at a point per game, but... I don't know. I just... I said it last it can week, be done. too, without Tavares there to take off some of that pressure. He I had, feel like he may... He may struggle because of that. I don't think so. That ju- I just he's. I mean, I think he's determined to not. He had he had seven points in the preseason, all assists, but he still had seven points. We'll see. Um, okay, so Josh Bailey, seventy-one points, eighteen goals, under. Under. Uh, I'm going under there too, but again, not by a whole lot. I went all the way down to like fifty, fifty-five points. Which would be a decent year, considering. You know, considering he's not playing with Tavares well, and Lee he anymore. Can sh- but he's still playing with Barzil, so who well, knows? Everyone said, well, he's only a product of Tavares, so hopefully he can show that he's not. Well, that's why when we get to their line mate, Barzil and Bailey's line mate, mm-hmm. my predictions are reflect that. But anyway, so what did you say? You said you're going under around 50, 55 points for him? Yep. He had 71 last year. I'm going under also, but I'm – Thinking he's going to be around sixty-five points, just a little under, okay. a couple points under. Um, Jordan Everly had fifty-nine points and twenty-five goals. Yeah, so I'm going with the under on that as well. Me too. I just put him at around fifty points. I put him around fifty-two. I, I but I put precisely fifty-two points. Just just a guess, but I think that's where it's going to be around fifty. Yeah, because he's still going to, you know, Jordan Everly's a good. He puts up points, but he, he has to play goals. with Brock Nelson now. Yeah, but he's also going to play with Lee, who puts up points. So who knows? Um, speaking of Lee, yeah, Anders that's what Lee, we're up to now. forty goals, whoop whoop, and sixty-two points for him last yeah, he's, year. He's not really an assist getter. He only had what uh, twenty-two assists. Yeah, twenty-two assists. So we went with goals on this one. Yeah. So and I have him under goals. I do too. I have him around thirty-four goals. I put thirty. Thirty. Mm-hmm. All right. Well. We're sort of in agreement a little bit. Just letting the last four people in the prediction where I put the points, I put like little notes for Barzil, Bailey, Lee, Eberly. I wrote no Tavares as the reason why they're all their things are under. <laughs> yeah, but not all those guys play with Tavares. So I know, but because everything's shuffled that's now. Why, that's why I still think that Bailey is going to have a decent year because he's going to be playing with Barzil and, and Bo. Yeah. Which brings us to Bo now. I have uh, 21 goals. Yeah, 21 goals last year, 36 points. So we're going to go with goals on this one. We could also talk about points if we want. I just did everything. I did over. I said about 25 to 30 goals. I didn't even do points. So 25 to 30 goals I'd say he's going to have. I put over his 21 goals. I put 30 goals. He's going to have 30 goals, and I think he's going to get over 50 points this year. I mean, he had 21 goals, and he didn't even play, like, the full season last year technically. Which, again, talk about Bridgeport. He went down to Bridgeport. And got his confidence back. Yeah. So, hopefully, you know, I mean, Bella's never played there before, but mm-hmm. maybe just him getting, you know, a couple weeks down in Bridgeport and uh, getting some top-line minutes. And, ho- you know, it would be nice if he played with Kovash and, and Hosang and just groom a line down there so maybe someday they come up this season and they're ready to go. But regardless, so we're saying over for Bo's yeah, both. goals. And you know, points too. He had thirty six points. He's gonna he's gonna crush that, I think, this year. 
Okay, and then Brock Nelson, 35 points, 19 goals. I wrote over because it has to be over. He cannot get away with that point total on the second line. That that, and he's going to get more of a um, responsibility on the on the power play, I think. But will he take it? He's going to have to. He has no choice. But I mean, he can. He does have well, not well, a choice, but anyway, we got 19 goals on last year, last season. So I put over. I think he's going to get at least 25 this year. That's what I put as well. 45 okay. points. Um. I don't know about the points. I didn't really think into the points for him. But I, it's it's definitely possible for him to hit 50. Mm-hmm. We'll see. I, I don't have any that faith the, in The him. minutes he's going to play, who knows? I mean, knowing Brock, you know, it's Brocktober now. Well, so he'll score 15 goals this month and then disappear for the rest of the season. He'll have, he'll have 35 points in October. <laughs> and then, you know, dribs and drabs, he'll have like a point Until here they're and out of the, the playoff yeah. race and then he'll start and scoring. And then he'll, he'll have a hat trick. and. Yep. Well, regardless, that's where I think Brock's going to finish. And then we got Pulak next. Yeah, we only really did, like, the main people. You know, we didn't go into the Martin line or the fourth line or whatever, the main the main people. So Ryan Pulak, 10 goals, 32 points. I put over, and I think he will get to about 40, 45 points, and that he'll step up as the number one defenseman on this team. I agree with you on the number one defenseman on this team. I disagree with you on the points because I think he's going to be higher than that. I put him at over 32 points. I think he's going to get close to 60. I think he's going to have 58 wow. points. Wow, that's a lot. That's a big jump. Did you watch him on the power play in the preseason? I watched him, and I saw him at the end of last year. Yeah, and he was on fire. And I just, still looks like he's just ready to shoot, so I'm I'm all for it. I mean, if he, if they – put him constantly on the power play because I feel like last year he kind of went on and off of it. Well, he's going to be probably number one unit. So then maybe he will get that high. That's but. what I'm thinking. That's what I'm hoping. So we got uh, – after that, we got Nick Letty, who had an atrocious year. He had 42 points. And guess what? He had Didn't he have a minus 42 in the season too? Something like that. <laughs> I, I it's just Nick Letty last year blew my mind. They were talking about him winning the Norris, Norris Trophy yeah. up until December, and then as soon as Dahan got hurt, it's like he got hurt as well. Like he completely fell off, and I don't know why or what happened, but he went from being a Norris Trophy candidate to one of the worst defensemen. Like, I, I just don't understand what he, happened. I mean, it's not that he wasn't skating or anything. He just was lost. Like, no. everybody was lost. But I guess, I mean, and he was Boychuk playing, was hurt. Dehan got hurt. We were working with nothing. And everything playing, got put on He Lenny. was playing big minutes. Big minutes, too, so. Yeah. So, I mean, everything got thrown on Letty. So, I guess that it was too much. He's. I don't think... I mean, no, he's he, fast he as can hell. handle. He can handle it. It's just the fact that he they had no idea what to do on defense. No, the coaching was terrible, and Washington just made it three nothing. <laughs> um, yeah, it so looks like Ove, uh, Ovechkin or T.J. Oshie, probably Ovechkin. Yeah, Ovechkin. Yeah, it was um, Yeah, I just Insane he shot. may be able to be number one, but I think that him being number one with nobody behind him, like what happened last year, just was too much for him to take. Yeah, that's why I think you know having Pulak emerge this season. Well, might might take some of the, the pressure off of him, and he might. I he's gonna have a better year. It just yeah. he has to have a better year. It just may it makes no sense. 
Hopefully we get Nick Letty of the first half of the season this year. Yeah, to last the whole season. Yeah. Um, okay, so goaltenders. Last year, Robin Leonard on Sabres was 14, 26, and 9. Yep. I have over win total. Same. I put him on about 22 wins. I think he's going to get 26 wins. Okay, so I have Grice, um, who was 13, 8, and 2 with the Islanders. Um, I have him at 18 wins, so I have them splitting a little bit more than you do. <laughs> yeah, I actually have Grice winning under the amount he won last year. Hmm. I have him winning around 10 games. I mean, if Leonard takes the number one spot, it's possible. It's definitely possible because he might not play as much. And, you know, but then again, Grice is also, you know, he was a backup goalie for most of his career. So maybe he plays better if he's. Sorry, John Tavares scored. (laughs) Oh, my God. All right. Well, thank you for listening to. (laughs) I'm sorry. My Twitter blew up and I just looked down and. And there he is. Whatever. Who cares? <laughs> cares? Anyway, so yeah, so Thomas Grice and Leonard. If Leonard takes that number one spot, maybe Grice yeah, won't have as many games to win. Leonard could win more than twenty six. I just I, I did it quick, but then I'm sitting here looking at it, my prediction. They're going to win forty one games. I have Leonard winning twenty six and Grice winning ten. So that means <laughs> thirty six. So that means Gibson came in and won some games. <laughs> for them there. Uh, but see, mine add up 22 and 18 equals 40, and I had them 40. Yeah, wins. well, I just kind of did this real fast before we, <laughs> before we hit record here, but uh, yeah, I didn't add them up that okay, much. Okay, so then the three Bridgeport guys who are there just right go, now. We'll go off of how many games they will make it in the NHL So Hosang played 22 games with the team last year. I'm saying that he plays about half the season this year, 40 to half. 41 games. Yeah. Okay, I think he's going to be over 22 as well. I'm hoping he's over 22 as well, but uh, I'm saying around 30 games, but I would love to see him more because that means he got himself together down there right. and he's playing well. Well, I think that when they go to call up somebody, I think Bellows gets to call before yes, he does. I agree that there. That's why I have Bellows playing more games, but we didn't get there yet. Right. Well, we can go <laughs> to him now. So uh, I, like I said, I do think Bellows will be called up before Hosang, but I believe that he also probably will spend at least half the season in the AHL and then have, maybe half here I have him playing around 40 games in the NHL and that's you know I'm hoping here that he that they don't let this sit around too long and now it's four nothing capitals <laughs> oh boy um, to having a rough night yeah so I don't know but yeah Kiefer Bellows I think at least 40 games because that would mean that he got his stuff together. Well, I think he's ready to go now. But that, mean, that actually means that Trotz and Lou got their stuff together early and made some roster moves and uh, given the kid a chance here. But I think it's possible. And then um, as for Devin Tays, I think he will be called up, like you said before, like November and stick with the club the entire yes. season. That's why I, I went safe. I'm saying he plays at like 45 games, but just over more, like more than half. I put 60. <laughs> But it can ha- it definitely can happen, but the fact that he's starting the season in Bridgeport makes me a little bit worried that he might be he there longer. There. Or if he comes up, he'll play like three games and then he'll sit, and then he'll play like another couple games, and then sit again. I hope not. I feel like that's a Doug thing to do, that, or a Cappy thing. That was definitely the previous regime's thing, but until. I see otherwise right now. I mean, if he gets the chance to come up, he has to play 
Yes, he has to no, do it I agree. right. I mean, it's it's not totally up to the coaches whether he sits or not. If he comes up and is meh and can't do anything or it doesn't bring anything to the team, then, yeah, he's not going to play. But if he comes up like Travis Hamanick did back in the day and doesn't allow them to sit him, that's it. Like, he got a spot on this team then. Yeah, he could do it. And he's got the skill we saw in the preseason. He was – it looks like he fits now, but I, I understand sending him down just to start the season, get him, you know, a couple games in the minor leagues – and then bring him up, and we'll see what happens. But uh, I think he'll play more than half the season. I just put a number on it. I put 45, but it could definitely be more. Mm-hmm. And we'll see. I, I think he might come up sometime in November. Well, like we keep saying, we will see. The season starts tomorrow at 7 p.m. in Carolina. Yep. And there's going to be a lot of Islander fans down there. And, yep, the, I know that Carolina Twitter, they have a lot yep. of those meeting yep. up. Good for you guys. Shout out to them. And um, then Saturday, Tom and I will be at the Barclays Center for the home opener against my second favorite team, the Nashville Predators. Yeah, which you just got back from Nashville. I did just get back from Nashville, and I will be wearing my Nashville t-shirt under my under jersey. No, you're not coming with me then. (laughs) You're not allowed to come with me. Too late. I have the tickets. (laughs) Well, we got to figure out what train we're taking and uh, get in there. Get in there early and We'll be at McMahon's at some point before the game. Yeah, we'll see where we end up. But uh, before we close this up today, just a couple of quick shout-outs. I want to uh, thank my friend Brendan down in Jacksonville uh, for hooking us up with the theme song for the podcast. Sounds great. And um, also, quick little shout-out to my boy Casey for uh, making the logo for us. And giving us all of his expertise spot podcast feedback. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right, thanks, guys. And we'll uh, see you next week after the first few games. Yep, and you can always follow us on Twitter at Isles Tailgate. We're now on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud. Then this you is, can uh, uh, follow me at Islanders Pride. And, yeah, if you want to follow me, I'm uh, at Hollywood TM. Thanks for listening to Episode 2 of the Isles Tailgate Podcast. Let's go Islanders. Yep. <laughs>